Hey there, future friends. This week, even killers want to retire. We're just a little too awkward to date, and we want to give the teacher a little more than just an apple. This is the week of January 26th, 2024, and you are listening to episode 304 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome i did skip an episode last week if you noticed it's because not a lot came out i was very disappointed with the offerings and i did my show notes and i was actually not gonna have a pick of the week i was just gonna say hey watch something else instead rewatch your favorite movie or something and this week was almost the same but there are a couple films that just saved it for me But before we get into all that, you may be wondering, hey, what is this I'm listening to? You may be brand new, and if you are, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. I'd appreciate a like wherever you can give one. I'd appreciate a follow wherever you can give one. I would appreciate a word of mouth recommendation of this show. But let me tell you what it is I do so you are an informed listener. On this show, I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. Do I miss some sometimes? Yes, but I rarely miss anything notable. On this show, I break them down into two categories, the limited releases and the wide releases and interesting indies. With the limited releases, those are all the movies that did did nothing to catch my eye and they're not getting a wide release or a major streaming release. In this section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll give a thought or two on it, but that's usually it, and then we move on. In the wide releases and interesting indies, that's every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks, every major streaming release, similarly, and those indie movies that did make me go, hey, this could be good for some reason or another. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, as well as I definitely give my thoughts on it. And remember, all of these thoughts and the forthcoming score are only based on the trailer, the premise, and the cast. Because that's all I have. I am not a movie insider, friends. I don't get invited to things. Maybe one day I will, but I am not holding my breath. But yes, sometimes I'm wrong, and sometimes I am 100% right. After I tell you my thoughts, I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which goes anywhere from a zero for those awful films like Meet the Feebles. Honestly, watch that movie. It's been a while since I've talked about it. It is a somewhat nerdy legend. Somewhat nerdy radio, still going strong. Okay, I won't go on a tangent yet. Really quick, I'll talk about that. But terrible movie. And an 11 for those films that make me so excited. And yes, this 11 is just a fancy 10. It's a 10 that makes me go, holy crap, I cannot wait. And then at the end of this show, I give you a suggestion going, hey, friends, this is my pick of the week. If you see one movie... This has the best chance of being worth your time. Sometimes it is the big blockbuster because those are fun to watch in theaters. Sometimes it is the indie darling because those are just good quality movies. And I 
do tend to lean towards the fun aspect, but sometimes I'll surprise you and go indie. Who knows? So if you've been with the show for a while, you know that one of my favorite podcasts and close friends of mine, I mean, not super close, but I do love them dearly. The Watch Your Mouth podcast actually is trying to get back going again. I did not know this. I missed this. And I listened to their latest two episodes. And it's so good hearing them again. It's so good. If you've never listened to the Watch Your Mouth podcast, give it a shot. I I wish I was half as interesting as they are, but it's it's a good time. And also the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, still going, still going strong. If Future Flicks with Billiam is the workhorse of the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast network, or just Somewhat Nerdy podcast network, and I say workhorse because I am still going from 2016, only taking a few breaks, really. But if I'm the workhorse, Somewhat Nerdy is the backbone. It's the flagship show. It's the backbone of the network. So always check that out. Well, my future friends, why beat around the bush? Why wait any longer? Let's talk about the limited releases in the first one, which is called The Peasants. This is getting a New York and L.A only release so super limited release as we know movies that get super limited releases like this sometimes spread out to a mildly wider release but not always jagna is a young woman determined to forge her own path in the late 19th century polish village a hotbed of gossip and ongoing feuds held together rich and poor by adherence to colorful traditions and deep-rooted patriarchy this is a movie from poland and I, if you know anything about me, you know that I almost never put New York and LA only releases in the next section, no matter how good the movie looks, unless it really wows me just because to be fair, I don't think I have many listeners in New York or LA. When I last looked at my stats, it was all Midwest. Thank you, Midwest. I appreciate that. And of course, Louisiana, because that's where somewhat nerdy is out of, but, uh, but also why push such a limited release the thing about this is it gives me the vibes of 2006's a scanner darkly because this has over 100 oil painters work on this and it looks good it looks impressive i don't know if they painted over the cells like they did for a scanner darkly or if they if they recorded the movie and then painted it based on what they saw I don't exactly know how it's done, but it does look beautiful. If this gets a wider release, it could be a movie of note. This may be even talked about quite a bit from other more knowledgeable creators. Like uh, Sunset Loner on TikTok, one of my favorite creators, actually followed me and reached out to me, which blew my mind because I have like 81 followers right now, which I think about half of them are fake accounts. And I just don't want to go through and delete them all and just be depressed by the tiny number. But he has a respectable following. And uh, so it blew my mind that he followed me. But someone like him, I would 110% expect him to eventually talk about this movie. But right now, let's just move on to another movie called Maya, video on demand this week. When a 15-year-old seeking an escape from her alcoholic mother's abusive boyfriend is lured into a sex trafficking scheme by a man she met online, she must realize the difference between love and manipulation to return to those who care. This stars no one of note and gives me the vibes where, if you remember that movie from 2001 called Night at the Golden Eagle with James Caan, Natasha Lyonne, Vinnie Jones, 
it was a creepy movie with the subplot of the young of the teenager being forced into prostitution. This movie makes that one look more palatable. This is brought to us by director Julia Verden, who worked on a movie called... Actually, it looks like she has only one other feature-length film. Everything else she does is shorts. Nothing wrong with that, of course. Called Angie Lost Girls. Also about escaping sex trafficking. So, obviously, it's something she's very passionate about. Uh, And very quick, I did want to say that The Peasants is directed by D.K. Welchman and Hugh Welchman, both of which who worked on Loving Vincent, uh, that beautifully animated movie from 2017. Also oil-painted. Next up, we have a movie called Totem. Seven-year-old Soul is spending the day at her grandfather's home for a surprise party for Soul's father, Tonatia. As daylight fades, Soul comes to understand that her world is about to change dramatically. This is a movie from Mexico by director Lila Aviles, who brought us The Chambermaid from 2018 and Eyes Two Times Mouth uh, from last year. I think this is a movie that could be very good, but I think the trailer was just a little sloppy. And so it 100% lost my interest. Next up is a movie called The Seating, limited release. Well, all these are limited releases unless otherwise stated. A man finds himself trapped in a desert canyon with a woman living off the grid who is captive to a pack of sadistic boys. This stars Scott Hayes from Jurassic World Dominion and Kate Lynn Scheel from Equals. This is directed and written by Barnaby Clay, who uh, this is, looks like his first fictional movie. The only other movie he did before was Shot, the psycho-spiritual mantra of rock, with it, which is a documentary from 2016. Next up, friends, is a movie called Cold Copy. After that is a movie called Bad Hombres. Two undocumented immigrants take the simple job of digging a hole in the desert. What could possibly go wrong with that? You may ask. But when their employer turns out to be a psychopath, staying alive will become the most complex job of their lives. This stars Hemke Madera from Queen of the South, Thomas Jane from Deep Blue Sea, Nick Casavetes from Face Off, Luke Hemsworth from Westworld, Tyrese Gibson from Too Fast, Too Furious, Diego Tinoco from On My Block, and my favorite, Paul Johansson from One Tree Hill, Dan Scott himself. If Dan Scott asked me to punch a baby in the face, I might do it. I'm kidding, I wouldn't, but I love him so much. It just just makes me sad that this movie looks 100% skippable even with that pretty good cast. But to be honest, if I have the chance, I probably will see it. And then I'll tell you what I think. So this next movie confuses me because last week it was a wide release. I was actually considering it for the pick of the week if I had recorded the episode and then decided if I did, I wasn't going to do a pick of the week because nothing looked that great. But now it's showing up on the limited section of this week, so I wonder if it's being pulled from wide release and going to limited. But anyway, tensions flare in the near future aboard the International Space Station as a conflict breaks out on Earth. Reeling, the U.S. and Russian astronauts receive orders from the ground. Take control of the station by any means necessary. This stars Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, the 2021 version. Why did I say that so weird? I I don't know. Chris Messina from Devil, John Gallagher Jr. from The Newsroom, Costa Ronan from The Americans, and Pilo Azbek from Ben-Hur, 2016. 
this did look good, but uh, according to too many people, like I said, too many people I trust, uh, it just dropped the ball. Again, if you have different people you trust and they say, see it, you can see it. Don't listen to me. I mean, listen to me. Listen to my show, please. <laughs> but, but, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. Besides, have you done that yet? My, my future friends, have you found creators or even not, let's go more standard professional and say, uh, movie critics that you agree with and respect and if you want opinion go to them instead of like some awful aggregate like rotten tomatoes or metacritic have you done that i hope you have because it's a much better way to live well let's just move on with a film called hundreds of beavers yeah you heard that right in this 19th century supernatural winter epic a drunken Applejack salesman must go from zero to hero and become North America's greatest fur trapper by defeating hundreds of beavers. If I was doing a visual show, that's where I would put in the Leonardo DiCaprio snapping at the TV meme. This movie is either going to be amazing, like it's going to be a, a modern comedy masterpiece, or it's going to be hot garbage. Like, seriously, watch the trailer. Just just stop right now and watch a trailer for Hundreds of Beavers. Just do it. Next up, we have a movie called Junction. Junction addresses the modern-day opioid crisis in America and asks, how did this happen? From three different points of view. The CEO of a pharmaceutical company, a doctor, and a patient. We know how this happened. The pharmaceutical companies are monsters. And they promised doctors it was not addictive, even though they fully knew it was. Done. You, now you've seen the movie. This stars Brian Greenberg from Friends with Benefits, Ryan Eggold from Black Klansman, Jamie Chung from The Gifted, Sophia Bush from One Tree Hill, and Griffin Dunn from An American Werewolf in London. I like Sophia Bush a lot. I would love to have recommended this movie, but it just looks boring and skippable. And finally, the last movie in the limited releases... Alienoid, The Return to the Future, the second part of Alienoid, which will center on ancient Taoists traveling through time and space in an effort to obtain the Divine Sword. This is a movie from South Korea, and it looks fun, but maybe watch Alienoid first. Well, my future friends, that's it for the first half of the show. Let us take our break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. Well, we are back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's start with a film called Cold Copy. This is one of the few limited releases in this section. 
An ambitious journalism student falls under the thrall of an esteemed yet cutthroat news reporter whom she's desperate to impress, even if it means manipulating her latest story and the very idea of truth itself. This stars Belle Powley from The King of Staten Island, Jacob Tremblay from Wonder, and Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. This movie gives me hardcore Nightcrawler vibes, and I've said it once, and I'm going to say it every time something like this comes out, so I'm sorry for the repetition, but Nightcrawler creeped me out so much I could not finish the film and I walked out of the theater. It does not mean it was a bad film, not at all, it was a good film. It was really well acted, it was really dark and atmospheric, everything was working towards its goal. It's just that that goal was not for me. Jake Gyllenhaal played such a good psychopath that he made me uncomfortable. And while no one in this movie gives me that vibe, just the overall feeling gives me Nightcrawler vibes in the sense that we are putting our careers over the well-being of other people. And not just saying that you ignore someone or something. No, you are actively hurting people to get to where you want to be. Belle Powley plays Mia, and Mia is this woman who's in a journalism class and just can't impress her professor, who is this notable reporter, Diane Heger, played by Tracy Ellis Ross. And so when she finally finds a story that could be good, Diane gloms onto Mia and goes, oh, well, here's what you need to do, and basically starts grooming her to be another Diane Heger, who is who just so happens to be a terrible person. When movies about journalism come out, they, they come out in one of two ways, generally. And yes, this is a generalization, that either they make the reporters and the news world look good, like something like The Newsroom, or even movies like Spotlight, where they're the heroes in this. And then movies that make them look bad, like Nightcrawler and this movie. I think this looks like it's going to be a good drama. Uh, is it going to be something you rewatch a lot? Probably not. Is it going to be something that if you skip it, will it? Um, will you regret it? Like all of the Academy Award nominated movies that I didn't see, of course, like I said many times, last year I did have an excuse with my father's health, but still, I am sad I missed those films. No, I don't think it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be one of those films that you watch. You're like, okay, that was good. It's really dark. It was thought-provoking. It was uh, very critical of news reporting or journalism. But nothing you absolutely have to see. Cold Copy gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Housekeeping for Beginners. This is another limited-release film. Despite never aspiring to be a mother... Dita finds herself compelled to raise her girlfriend's two daughters. As their individual wills clash, a heartwarming story unfolds about an unlikely family's struggle to stay together. This is the submission for Macedonia for Best International Feature Film for the Academy Awards. Of course, we do know now that this film didn't make the cut. There are one, two, three, four, five films that made the cut. Me Captain by Matteo Garone. Society of the Snow by J.A. Bayona, which I've heard nothing but great things about. Also, The Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer, which I've heard amazing things about. Perfect Days by Wim Wenders and The Teacher's Lounge by Ilker Katak. Sorry if I butchered those names. I'm, 
I decided to mention these films on a whim, so I didn't do my homework and look up how to pronounce them. But still, if you want to look at the movie that Macedonia thought was good enough to possibly win an Oscar, this is it. So we have this woman named Dita, and she has a girlfriend. We know this already. We know this from the premise that I already read you. But then Dita gets sick, and I'm not, I'm pretty sure she dies. I, I think I saw that in the trailer. I, I saw the trailer two days ago now. And Dita's girlfriend makes her promise to watch over her children, which is a terrible thing to burden your lover with, especially when she never wanted kids of her own. But then something emerges from this. It gives me vibes of life as we know it. If you remember that um, Josh Dumel, Catherine Heigl movie from 2010, but that was a rom-com. This is more of a drama, but still, it gives me that vibe where you're kind of forced into having a family and then what that what that outcome is. It does look good, looks like it could be very beautiful, and it gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, friends, we have a movie called The Underdogs with two Gs, D-O-double-G. Yeah, you know what's coming. This is a movie from Amazon Prime. Jason 2Js Jennings is a washed-up ex-professional football star who has hit rock bottom. When Jason is sentenced to community service coaching an unruly peewee football team, he sees it as an opportunity to turn his life around. This stars Snoop Dogg from Pitch Perfect 2, Tika Sumter from Sonic the Hedgehog, Mike Epps from Friday After Next, George Lopez from The George Lopez Show, and Cal Penn from Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yes, the D-O-double-G himself, Snoop Dogg, is starring in a movie that just sounds like a re-envisioning of something between Mighty Ducks and Bad News Bears. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because with movies like this, you know exactly what you're getting into. This is a very specific genre that usually doesn't try to do anything different. It, it gets you in, drawn into this underdog story of this team that just can't win, can't get it together. And this guy, usually guy, who needs to fix his life, turn his life around, and finds that through coaching these kids. And then they find the will and the strength to win. There's going to be the obvious jokes in it, and it doesn't look bad. I watched the trailer, and once I... When I had originally read the premise, I didn't have high hopes for it. But after watching the trailer... It looks fine. Yes, it looks dumb, but so is The Mighty Ducks. And don't get me wrong, I love The Mighty Ducks. I love that film, but it's still dumb. But sometimes a film like this can just make you smile. Check out that trailer, and if you think it's your thing, then there it is, on Prime for you to watch this weekend. The Underdogs with 2Gs gets a 6.5 out of 11. See, with the Bill score. And any scoring system, any like five, like the star rating system on Letterboxd, five stars on Letterboxd, 10 stars on IMDb, Metacritics and Rotten Tomatoes metric. With all those things, I think it is important to remember that I spoke about Housekeeping for Beginners and the underdogs in two totally different ways, and they got the same score. Housekeeping for Beginners got a 6.5 and it could potentially be it's not, but it could have potentially been an Academy Award-nominated film. The Underdogs will never get nominated for an Academy Award, or any award. And yes, I admit, the awards aren't the end-all beat-all for anything. And I'm very critical of them. But that's just fun. That's why it's so important to remember what you're getting yourself into when you watch these movies. Like, I recently 
or I'm going to record a TikTok about the movie Geostorm I watched again recently and how it got absolutely shat on in a lot of the reviews I saw. And I question if those people should have seen that movie to begin with. Like, don't get me wrong. You have the right to watch whatever you want, but you should be aware of what you're getting into. Don't go watch a sci-fi action disaster movie if you're expecting or if you primarily watch artsy indie films. But yes, always keep your expectations um, in check. Next up, we have a movie from Netflix called Badland Hunters. After a major earthquake transforms Seoul into an apocalyptic wasteland, Nam San, a wasteland hunter, and his partner Choi Ji Wan must battle Dr. Yang Gi Su if they wish to see another day. This stars Don Lee from Train to Busan. You know, the best character in the whole f***ing movie. We have a South Korean apocalyptic action film, and I'm here for it. It looks good. It really does. Don Lee is a good actor. He is, and he can do exciting movies. We know this. So there's no reason not to watch this if you just want to watch a sci-fi action flick from South Korea. There it is. Check it out on Netflix this week. For me personally, this will go on my back burner because I think it would be a fun film, but I also don't feel the need to go out of, go out of my way to watch it, especially when I'm trying to watch all of the Oscar-nominated films for this year. That being said, it looks exciting, it looks fun, and because of that, it gets a 7 out of 11. Three movies left, my friends, so let's talk about American Star, the final, nope, I lied, the second to last limited movie in this section. An assassin is on a final assignment in Fuerteventura to kill a man he has never met. When his target is delayed, he finds himself drawn to the island, people, and a ghostly shipwreck. This stars Ian McShane from John Wick, Thomas Kretschmann from King Kong, the 2005 version, obviously not the 1930s version or whenever that came out, and French actress Nora Arnezader from Safe House. Fun fact, she's Egyptian and Australian born in France. That doesn't matter to the movie, I just think that's cool. I love Ian McShane. I have loved him since Deadwood. He is a fantastic actor. He is so cool. Even as Al Swearingen... I've loved him since then. Now, for four movies, he's played second fiddle to Keanu Reeves' badass John Wick, and now we get to see Ian McShane, McShane, Ian McShane, play an assassin himself. As is he going to be as punchy and get in as many fights as John Wick? I really doubt it. I'm not sure if you can hear that, but my cat decided to not leave me alone today. Let's just keep going. Um. It looks good, it does, but it also looks skippable. And I, I hate that I have to repeat myself so much with things like that. But that's the case. That's the case for so many of these movies where I don't think you'd have a bad time if you watch any of these movies that I mentioned. Uh, that is, if you have a well-rounded enjoyment of movies. But I don't think you'd miss out if you if you miss any of these. And of course, I can be wrong. I have been wrong. Like, I'll be honest, even though I missed talking about society of the snow, uh, it would have been, I would have said the same thing about it going, Hey, you won't miss out, but guess what? Everyone's talking about that film. So that's what I get for doing the show my way of basing everything off the premise and the trailer. So as of this minute with the tools that I have at my disposal, uh, I think that you won't miss out if you skip this film, but also it does look fun.
American Star with Ian McShane gets a 6.5 out of 11. And I do realize I've been trying to talk about directors more too, because it is interesting to know what the uh, director's pedigrees are. Because for me, I have recently learned that I appreciate David Lowry films for the art that he's trying to put out. But as movies, I think they're generally boring. So the director for Badland Hunters, Ha Myung Hang, this is actually the first feature length film or the first even film for that director. The director for The Underdogs, you might know some of his work, Charles Stone III, director for Drumline, Paid in Full, Mr. Uh, Mr. 3000, and Leela and Eve. And the director of American Star, Gonzalo Lopez Gallego, is known for, I think the biggest one is Apollo 18. So now you're all caught up. Let's talk about the second to last film and actually the final limited movie this time. Sometimes I think about dying. Fran, who likes to think about dying, who saw that coming? Makes the new guy at work laugh, which leads to dating and more. Now the only thing standing in their way is Fran herself. This stars Daisy Ridley, who's Ray Skywalker. Yeah, fight me on that. She's Ray Skywalker. Fight me. Dave Merhege, I think from Rami, the TV show. Marsha Debonet, I think, from 13 Going on 30. Megan Statler from Please Don't Destroy The Legend of Foggy Mountain. Brittany O'Grady from Star, which is a TV show. And directed by Rachel Lambert, who directed I Can Feel You Walking in 2021 in Radiant City in 2016. So this is a dark comedy through and through. We have Fran, played by Daisy Ridley, who's the most awkward human being you have ever met. And sometimes she thinks about dying. Not that she's suicidal, but she thinks about weird shit like that. And she's just so odd that it gets in the way of her life. Then she meets this nice guy who seems to be into her and she's like, oh shit, maybe this could have happened for me. Maybe I need to stop getting in my own way. Actually, upon further ref reflection, this looks more like a dark dramedy. So I just rewatched the trailer and I understand that I don't really get the comedy part of this, but I think it's going to be one of those that they, people call a comedy, but you don't actually laugh in it but it just doesn't take a serious topic seriously. Because this movie does look really artsy in the sense that we have quite a few scenes of Daisy Ridley just existing somewhere, like laying among the driftwood, possibly imagining herself dead, laying in a moss-covered forest, possibly thinking about herself dead, thinking about getting hanged, you know, fun stuff. So this movie looks like more of a character study on her and how she's not letting this guy she likes in and how that's pushing him away. And can she, can she let him know everything that's going on in her head and will it chase him away? This looks like a beautiful movie. It looks really well done in the sense that I fully understand why it was selected an official selection for the Sundance Film Festival. It fits. If you like indie movies like that, anything from Oscilloscope, uh, lab, Oscilloscope Laboratories, then I would 100% check this out. I think it looks good, but not nothing I'm rushing to see, or not anything I'm rushing to see. Sometimes I think about dying is a 7.5 out of 11. And finally, we have the only nationwide release, and yes, the best looking film this week called Miller's Girl. A creative writing assignment yields complex results between a teacher and his talented student. This stars Martin Freeman from Sherlock and Jenna Ortega from Wednesday. 
Let's get the good news out of the way. She is officially 18 in this. She is not a child, even though the uh, age difference is still kind of sus. At least it's not worse. So yay. Let's get down to it. This has two actors in it I absolutely love. Jenna Ortega is the new hotness. She is amazing in everything she does. She is going to win an award one day. I guarantee it. And Martin Freeman, also fantastic. Like, we know him from, like, acting goofy behind the scenes of The Hobbit because it was a f***ing awful experience and they hated every minute of it. We know him from Sherlock. We know him from the MCU, but he has so much more to offer. And this is going to be an example of what it is. We have this story about this teacher who gets this new student in his class and she's gorgeous. She is drop dead gorgeous, but he's going to he's going to stay professional. This actually comes to us from first time writer, director, producer Jade Hallie Bartlett. And for a first time outing for doing all three Jesus, it looks pretty good. This was an official selection for the Palm Springs Film Festival. And we have this story that kind of reminds me of if they wanted to make Poison Ivy, if you remember that Drew Barrymore movie, uh, Alyssa Milano was in the second one, but uh, they, if they wanted to make that movie Poison Ivy a little more artsy because we have this new student at this college who sees the writing teacher and f***ing sets her sights on him. The question is why? Is it because like she honestly likes him? Does she just get off destroying people's lives or something? Like what's going on? But anyway, she is 18. She is a student of his in, in the college. And even though technically it's legal, it's frowned upon for a teacher to date a student. Weird, right? Side note, not weird. But for his part, he doesn't creep on her. He just tries to keep a professional and she just keeps like coming on to him, basically, but not overtly sexual, just just enough that puts it in his mind. And she dresses really I don't want to say provocatively per se, because that usually gives more of a sexual vibe. But she dresses so obviously that she wants to catch his attention. We know from the trailer that they get found out because there's this inner part where like the Dean, I'm assuming, is interviewing her about when this all started. And so my question is, I hope it doesn't go the way I think it's going to go, where she goes after him. He gives in just a little and then he goes, wait, what did I do? We cannot do this. This is wrong. And then she retaliates. I hope it's a little more interesting than that. But still, this does look like the best movie this week because of the two lead actors. Miller's Girl, if you do see a movie in theaters, is what you should watch. And it gets an eight out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for the movies this week. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, I will be back. I hope to get more active on TikTok. I did post something today. Uh, today, I'm recording this on the 25th. So please follow me there if you haven't already. Look at look for Billiam the Nerd. You can find the link in my link tree. I think I, think I updated it. If not, just look up Billiam the Nerd on TikTok. Please give love to the friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please remember to rate this podcast. Give me all the stars wherever applicable and uh, follow me wherever you can. And my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off and I'll see you in the future.